Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm here with my co-host, sister, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Excited to be here. I'm always excited to be here. I know. Can't it's explain it, but I love this. I love what we're doing. I realized just as we started recording that I have left my office door open. I'm home alone. Um, I just hope that no pigs wake up from their naps and come r- marching in here. <laughs> if they do, you'll know. <laughs> Everyone will know. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll find out. Anyway, hopefully all is well here, but uh, we'll <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, this is our third installment of the week, and we are taking a deeper dive today into Zulima Pastenas. Yes. Uh, Zulima, as most of you probably know, is associated with the Daybell Vallow case. She uh, was very briefly married to Alex Cox before he died. Alex is Lori Daybell Vallow's or Vallow Daybell's uh, brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zulima also was a friend and fellow podcaster uh, and, and we believe follower of Chad with Lori. So that's kind of a, that's a loose uh, interpretation of Zulima. She's really coming in strong right now because last week in the attempt to throw out the prosecutor, part of the criminal, or well, not criminal, but part of the complaint that Chad and Lori's attorneys had filed trying to remove the prosecutor was that he had bullied and intimidated two witnesses, Summer Shiflet, Lori's sister, and Zulima Pastenas. Now, in court, they never mentioned Zulima at all. It was all about Summer. Yeah. And which we thought was pretty curious. Mm -hmm. And finally, at the end, they threatened that if we need to bring in Zulima, we will. Uh, (laughs) We don't think that's going to happen, and we'll tell you why. But definitely no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They threatened a lot of things that were completely total bullshit. So. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about Zulima. She is one player in this case who we know the very least about. Yes. She has managed to keep undercover more. Um, As soon as things started coming out about this case, she uh, removed herself from the internet in most ways. Uh, It looked like she had had a website for her life coaching and uh, energy work business that disappeared. She pulled herself off of socials. She really went undercover hard and fast. Mm. And lawyered up. And lawyered up immediately. When when Alex died, she lawyered up. Mm-hmm. So we've known less about her. We do know that her attorney is Garrett Smith, who is also Summer Shiflet's attorney. And I think, and I maybe I shouldn't say it because I don't know for sure, but I thought that Garrett Smith was also uh, Melanie Pulowski's attorney. I'm I had sure. heard that as well, but yeah, not a hundred sure. Uh, yeah. So anyway, and it's an interesting connection because, uh, one of you guys pointed out in the live stream last week that Mr. Smith has had a fair amount of, uh, issues with the Arizona state bar. He was in fact, uh, not allowed to practice for a short time after really letting the client down. So there's some interesting things with him and we're, we're continuing to kind of keep our finger on that. I had wondered if he is Mormon and that's why these guys have all flocked to him, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't, uh, you know, he's not necessarily the best of the best, but 
Well, but so far, that's kind of what we're seeing in this case, isn't it? Yeah. Reviews online about him are not flattering. And, you know, he's had some bar issues and some, some you know, ethical complaints. So anyway, pretty interesting stuff. But anyway, that's kind of an aside to what we're talking about tonight. But it's just all interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background on Zulima. Let me get interesting. I've heard her name said about a thousand different ways, but I'm going to stick with Zulima. I think that's correct. Not sure. But yeah, Zulima, I've heard it probably the most that way. Mm -hmm. Yep. So she does uh, reside, it looks like in Arizona, around where Lori and that whole crew lived, you know, once upon a time in Gilbert, Mm -hmm. Arizona. She has been a life coach, uh, at one point on a website, a cuddling specialist, Uh, a children and family something specialist. Uh, Mm -hmm. Basically working private sector, it's looked like, for the most part. Um, She is 56 years old. She has been married five times. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. So she got married first in 1984 to a man named Kevin Steele. And that marriage ended in 1988. Married again in 1994. Well, I'm not sure. She she married again someone named uh, Joseph Lopez. After that marriage ended, she married a man named John Onafrighton. After that marriage ended, she married a man by the last name of Porter. And when that marriage ended, she married a man by the last name of Cox, Alex Cox. Mm-hmm. Well, th- three years later. So Pastenis uh, must be her maiden name then. I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. I found a girl who commented in a Reddit post. Uh saying that Zulima married her dad. He, she was married to her dad. Uh, oh, Shannon Hunter. Sorry, we skipped him in the list. Mm. Shannon Hunter, uh, she was married to him from 07 to 2011. This girl says, my dad married her after she tricked him into believing that she was a completely different person than who she really was because mm. she thought she was going to come into a great deal of money. Mm. And literally the day they came home from their honeymoon, she became a whole different person. Her and her son are nuts and nothing but trouble. Mm. This is a from a commenter named Cheyenne Dawn. Uh, in another comment, she says, my dad, Shannon Hunter, was married to Zulima before her and Alex got married. Zulima was married to my dad for four years from 07 to 2011. She was crazy. She left by stealing $10,000 from my dad and half the stuff in his house. Hmm. What does it Those sound like? Quite the accusations there. Sounds like someone else we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that, that was just a comment in a Reddit thread, you know. But um, at any rate, she's, it sounds like she's got quite the history. She does also, uh, it appears that she has a felony criminal history mm-hmm. from the 90s. So um, she's got quite the past, you know, and I'm not saying she's good or bad or, you know, whatever, but these are just, this is public record. Yeah. And so those are the things that we roughly know about her. 
We know that she had been attending, uh, preparing a people events that she had been on Lori's podcast Mm -hmm. and she was involved in that world with them. We know that in the very end of November, she and Alex and Ian and Ian Pulowski and Melanie, uh, I can't think of her maiden name. Well, can you? Well, it wasn't her maiden name. It was her previous. Or her previous married name. Yeah. Anyway, he and Melanie, uh, who, of course, was Lori's niece, Mm -hmm. they all went to Las Vegas and everybody got married. So Ian had said in his some of the stuff he told the FBI that once they got married, they went on home. And that Zulima and Alex had stayed in Las Vegas for a few days to prepare earthquakes to hit uh, the Utah area. That's right. They were doing something that was supposed to. Yeah, it had been Chad and Lori's belief that there were going to be major earthquakes that were going to seriously hobble the LDS church in Salt Lake City. And that there would be such uh, chaos and loss of life that nobody would be paying any attention to what they were doing. Yeah, that was somehow supposed to divert attention away mm-hmm. from the, the the thing that's interesting about all of that is that at this point, Lori's children have been dead since September. Yep. Um, at this point, this is around the time that people start figuring out that maybe those kids are missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they actually had been dead since September. Yep. Yep. They're also uh, now Tammy is dead. Yes. And there is starting to be some scuttlebutt about that. So yes. on the 29th of November, Alex and Zulima get married in Las Vegas at a little chapel. And then on the 29th, now, well, one interesting thing about that is that Melanie Pulowski or Boudreaux, that's her maiden name. Thank Boudreaux, you. There right. you go. Sometimes I just have to or- put the order in, you know, and it'll show yeah. up when it does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Boudreaux, it just came. Uh, when Melanie and Ian were married, Melanie had claimed that they were there by themselves. Uh, or that, sorry, she had claimed that uh, they didn't attend Alex and Zulima's wedding. But then there's pictures that were shared on the internet of all of them together in a wedding chapel. Yeah. So... Uh, it, it appears that maybe she lied about that. I, there's so many lies, so who knows? But anyway, so on the 29th, then, uh, of course, uh, the Coxes were married. On the 30th, the Pulowskis were married. And something really interesting on their marriage certificate, Alex signs as a witness. And I don't know if you guys can see this. It's fairly small. Alex signs as a witness and he signs as his name, Alex Pastinas. And there's been some speculation that he was actually trying to take uh, Zulima's last name and leave Cox in the dust. Yeah. So that's interesting. Didn't ever really happen. He died before that could even happen. Right. Yeah. So, so that's still, you know, following our timeline, that's kind of where we are at this point. Now, Moving forward, just a couple of weeks, and here in the area of Rexburg, 
on the 11th of December, Tammy Daybell is exhumed in Springville, Utah. Yes. Because there have become questions about how this person died. Yeah. Because uh, of Chad's association with Lori and their weird behavior. And they have just fled Rexburg because of the uh, police poking around looking for the kids and trying to do a welfare check on JJ. So it's kind of all happening at the same time. Lots of moving parts. Yeah. So again, on the 11th, Tammy's body is exhumed. On the 12th, Alex dies. Yes. And just uh, in the last couple of days now, there has been a release of evidence from Alex's death. And so we now have the cursory interview, the initial interview that was done with Zulima and with two of her children. And that's one of the things that uh, made us decide to pull her up now. You guys have asked us for a deeper dive. We haven't done it because there just honestly isn't much to say. But no, there's a little more. She's been very quiet. Mm-hmm. She's been extremely quiet. So they're in the accident investigation report. And there are some things blacked out here. Yeah, quite a lot redacted. Although if you know the case very well, some of it you can fill in just by mm-hmm. knowing. Just by knowing. Yeah. Yep. So this officer says, this is the supplemental report. I. He says on 12-12-2019, Sergeant Warden called me and told me to respond to Banner Gateway Hospital regarding this case. Alex Cox had been transported to the hospital and was pronounced deceased. I was told his wife, Zulina Pastenas, was at the hospital with an officer standing by. I arrived at the hospital and located Zulima in a trauma room seated next to her husband, Zulima appeared upset and reluctant to speak to me at first. She eventually agreed to speak to me in a separate room. And the following is a summary. Interview with Zulima Pastenas. Zulima asked me why she was being questioned and if she was considered a suspect in the death of her husband. Right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. I assured her that she was not a suspect, but I needed information from her regarding what happened at her house when Alex was discovered. Zulima said she had been married to Alex for only two weeks and had known him for about a year. She rented the house they live in and has lived there for two years. Zulima claimed that Alex has been having shortness of breath on or about 12-6. He had traveled to Mexico on 12-7 to pick up some prescriptions for himself and for Zulima. It was a single day trip and he arrived back home in the evening. When he arrived home, their grandkids were at the house. Alex was playing with the kids and became easily winded. Zulima had never seen him react that way before. He was short of breath and had to sit down and take a break. He seemed to be struggling for breath. A couple of days later, he went into the kitchen to get a bottle of water and said he would be fine. He would become winded walking up and down the stairs. On the evening of 12-11, she again asked him to let him let her take him to the doctor or the hospital. Alex again refused and stated that doctors don't know what they are doing. On the morning of 9-12, Alex was awake at about 8 o'clock. Zulima needed to leave for work. Hold on, that was page one. She was worried about him and asked him how he was feeling. 
He said he was fine and was feeling better. Zulima left for work. Later in the day, Alex had a friend. This part is uh, crossed out, but we believe this to be Chad Daybell. Yeah. Give him a blessing over the phone. Again, blacked out, but we think this was Chad. Then texted Zulima and told her Alex was not doing well and she should leave work and go home. She called Alex and he was having a hard time talking to her. She told him she would drop off her client and come right home. She said she was in the area of Higley and Baseline and was not far from home. She then called her son, who was at home with Alex, and we'll read you his statement here in a minute. She told him to go to her room and check on Alex. He stayed on the phone and checked on Alex. She could hear her son telling Alex to stay on the floor and not try to get up. Zulima told her son to call 911. She arrived home and her son met her at the door and told her it was really bad. Zulima ran upstairs and found Alex on the master bathroom floor. He was laying on his right side and his face was blue. He had lost control of his bowels. She tried to get him on his back. Her son was relaying information from 911. Zulima got him onto his back and began chest compressions. Paramedics arrived and he was eventually transported to the hospital. Uh, At the hospital, they did everything they could to revive Alex, but he was pronounced dead. So this is a part of, you know, her conversation with the police. Zulima said she was never aware of Alex having any medical issues, which I think is very strange considering that he had just gone to Mexico to pick up prescriptions for himself. Right. I, when I read that, I went, well, that doesn't make any sense. He'd just been to Mexico to pick up medication, but he has no health problems. Yeah. She said he had always seemed healthy. He did not consume alcohol or drugs. She did not know any medical history for him and did not know anything about his family history. Alex was a truck driver who traveled a lot. He recently wanted to take some time off and moved to Idaho a few months ago. He had a niece and some friends there. A niece Mm. and some friends. Uh, Let's see. His sister, Lori and Chad Daybell. Yes. The day before Thanksgiving, Alex had arrived at Zulima's house in Gilbert to spend the holidays. Zulima asked him to stay with her and not go back to Idaho. She convinced him that he could stay with her and he could get rid of his apartment in Idaho. He was thinking about going back to work for a former employer where he could work locally instead of driving so much around the country. Alex had not worked for a couple of months, but he had some money saved up. A couple of weeks ago, they took a trip to Las Vegas. While they were in Las Vegas, they decided to get married. It was not planned, and she referred to it as a spur of the moment, and they eloped. Isn't that quaint? Isn't that? (laughs) Okay. I clarified with Zulima that Alex had gone to Algodonas, Mexico, Mm -hmm. to get the prescriptions. She said he had gone there before for prescriptions, and he had told her about it. Again, someone who was healthy and had no health issues. Going to Algodonas, yeah, which that's a very common thing. People from Arizona do that all the time. Yeah. People from Idaho do that. Right. Yeah, all the time. She had him get her some medicine because it was cheaper. And then there's a big spot here that is blacked out. I I clarified some time frames with Zulima for the events on 12-12. She said she left for work about 8-50. She texted Alex at 12.58 and asked him to make a holiday basket for her. Alex responded, sure. 
She texted again at 15.02 hours, asked him how he was doing, and he did not respond. She received the text from, you think, Chad, stating Alex was not doing well. She called Alex about 15.09 hours. She then called her son at 15.15. I asked Zulima if Alex had ever had visitors at her house. She said his niece came for Thanksgiving with her new husband. She identified her niece as Melanie, you know, Pulowski. Mm -hmm. So this was actually before they were married. If they were there for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was before. Like the week before. And then they all went to Las Vegas. Melanie lives in Idaho. She said Melanie came to... Next page. Her house and spent time at her in-law's house before driving back to Idaho. I asked her about any siblings for Alex. She said he has six siblings, but does not have much communication with them. She said she knows his sister Lori and niece Melanie. She did not know where Lori lives. I asked her if she had a phone number for Lori, and she said the last time she tried texting Lori, the number was disconnected. She had met Lori a few times before when Lori lived locally. She had not seen Lori since she moved a few months ago. She did not think that Lori was married. So she just blatantly lies to the police about Yeah, Lori. because, because uh, where Alex and Melanie had been living in Idaho was in the same complex as Lori. Mm-hmm. She certainly knew that. There is no way she didn't know that. Mm-hmm. As I continued to ask questions about Alex's family, Zulima said she would text Chad, we think, to ask him because he's the one who knows more about that family than I do. Yeah, she was already married to someone in it. (laughs) She had asked him for any contact numbers for Alex's family. He texted her back and told her he did not have any numbers. She knew. Not even the number for his wife, Lori? Yeah. She knew, uh, we think Chad lived out of state but did not know where. So she was very evasive with the police about Chad mm. and Lori. Straight Clarifying up. with Zulima some details about the day she told me she knew Alex had not been feeling well, even though he said he was. Alex usually makes the bed and cleans the house while she's at work. She noticed when she got home, none of those things were done. The bed was not made, he was not dressed, and nothing had been cleaned. At this point, Zulima's son-in-law, Jose, arrived at the hospital, and I stepped out of the room to make a phone call. Zulima suddenly came down the hall with Jose. I told her we were going to finish up our investigation at her house. Jose interjected and told me I could ask questions to their attorney in the future. Lawyering up. Yep. They said they were going back to the house. I concluded my conversation with Zulima. I photographed the body, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to hear all that. And I later assisted with a search warrant at Zulima's house. So they didn't take Alex's death as being uh, natural. I mean, they did an investigation. Mm-hmm. Now we know that they did eventually rule it a natural death, but they did. There was obviously some suspicion there because they, they did investigate. Yeah, they did. I assisted with scribing items seized as evidence, a copy of which was left at the house. This concluded my involvement in this matter. 
So this is interesting because we didn't know that there had been a search warrant and a search of Zulima's house or yeah. that ev evidence had been seized. We didn't know that either. We mm -hmm. know that now. Um, we also didn't know uh, that Zulima had lied to the police, but we also know that now. Yes. Now, we do have the statements from both of her kids that I think are also really interesting. Mm -hmm. So the first is an interview with a girl named Kara. Kara Anna Frighten. She is Zulima's daughter. Mm -hmm. And this is an officer that was at the house. So he says, once I went back downstairs, I contacted Kara, who just arrived at the residence and claimed to be the daughter of Zulima Pastenes. She stated that she came to the residence after being called by her brother, Joseph. Kara used to live at this house until Alex moved in. Kara stated in the past, her mother has had numerous different male relationships in which they ended up living with them. And she said she did not want to go through it again. So she moved out. Yeah. Kara did not know Alex, but knew he and her mother were engaged to be married. Her kids didn't know she was married. No. Kara and Alex had communicated in passing and did not have any in-depth conversations. Kara referred to Alex as being very religious. Alex moved into the residence around Thanksgiving 2019. Okay. I just, we can't not talk about the, the elephant in the room that Zulima was Mormon. Alex mm -hmm. was Mormon. They were very religious. He moved into the house and into Zulima's bedroom in around Thanksgiving. They got married a week later. Mormons do not believe in sex before marriage. Like they right. really don't. They or, believe or living together at all. We're living right. together. In fact, they believe that sex before marriage is a sin that the only worst sin they can uh, come up with is murder. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's a huge. Ironically. Yeah. Trust us. We, we had it beaten to our heads. Yeah. All growing it, up. This just slays me just a little bit, you know, anyway. Yeah. I did find that very interesting too, because it was most certainly against their beliefs. But I think we see that over and over in this case where, you know, people are a little more special, you know, and then they, the rules don't apply. Yeah. Kara stated Alex's sister, Lori and her mother had been good friends and attended the same LDS church together. Kara called her mother and Lori preppers and explained preppers were prepping for the end of the world. It was the relationship between her mother and Lori is how her mother met Alex Kara's mother and Alex knew each other before Alex moved to Idaho. Her mother planned on moving to Idaho to be with Alex, but it was ultimately decided that Alex, who would move back to Arizona to live with Zulima. When Alex moved back to, to Arizona from Idaho, he brought his niece named Melanie Pulowski with him. Melanie drove separate from Alex, but stayed with the family at their home. Kara stated Melanie returned to Arizona from Idaho to pick up a remaining few things she had left in Arizona. Once Melanie was finished, she drove back to Idaho. That is also conflicting of the story that Melanie gave when she came to Arizona for Thanksgiving. Right. Uh, she, I believe, said that she had stayed with Ian's family. But anyway, uh, it's just yet another lie exposed. Well, and just the the way that Zulema... Um 
you know, was very blase about, oh, Lori who, you know, like she didn't have, a, she didn't really know this sister or where she lives or what her phone number is. And her daughter right. totally sold her out. Mm-hmm. And obviously they knew each other much better than what she had said. She lied to the police about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her daughter. Yeah. yeah. Kara does not know in any of Alex's family members besides his sister, Lori and his niece, Melanie. Once I completed my interview with Kara, I exited the residence and waited in the driveway until I was relieved by Detective Biggs. This concludes my involvement in the case. And then the interview with the son. Yeah. Now the son has autism. Yes. I think so. That was my understanding is that this son has autism. Yeah. Lives with mom. And a lot of this is redacted. So I'll tell you what we do have. Joseph lived at this address for approximately one year. Joseph said he lived with his mother, Zulima Pastenas. He lived with his mother so she could help him with his anxiety. Joseph did not attend a school and was currently unemployed. I think he was 24. He was 24 or 25 at the time. Mm -hmm. Joseph said Alex had recently moved into the house after his mother and Alex became engaged. Alex stayed in the same bedroom as his mother. Joseph did not know Alex, but they had talked in passing. Joseph said he usually wakes up around 1,400 hours to 1,500 hours every day due to him staying up late at night. So he's sleeping most of the day. Yeah. On the 12th, Alex was awake when he received a telephone call from his mother. There's a few times in this report that they say Alex, but I think they mean Joseph. Mm-hmm. There's a few mistakes in this one. I'm guessing that Alex here was supposed to be Joseph, but mm-hmm. she asked Joseph to go check on Alex. She has never called Joseph before and asked him to check on Alex in the past. Joseph did not know the reason why his mother asked him to check on Alex. The telephone conversation ended, and a few minutes later, his mother called him a second time. Joseph said she sounded serious when she asked him to just call the cops and told Joseph she was on her way home from work. Joseph knew the request had to be serious because his mother never left work early. So at this point, according to Joseph, he has not checked on Alex yet, which doesn't totally line up with Zulima's story, but mm-hmm. but this was a big moment of stress, so I don't know. Right. Alex ran into the master bedroom and opened the closed door of the master bathroom as so that must as have meant not Joseph, Alex. Joseph. Right. The report says Alex. Yeah. Joseph ran into the master bedroom and opened the closed door of the master bathroom. As soon as Joseph looked inside, he observed that Alex was lying on his right side with vomit coming out of his mouth. Joseph stated there was fecal matter on the bathroom floor. Alex said he had to look away due to the smell. Again, Joseph. that should have said Joseph. Yeah. Joseph immediately called 911. The 911 operator asked Joseph if Alex was breathing, and Alex told the operator Alex sounded like he was exhaling. Joseph looked at Alex's chest but was unable to observe his chest rising or falling as he was exhaling. Alex and Joseph were the only two in the house at the time. And that's pretty much it. The rest of it is pretty well redacted. Yeah. That's pretty much the whole conversation that we can pick up on with them. So um, it doesn't quite match up with Zulema's, but again, you know, um, I don't know that that really means anything. 
Yeah. But so, so those are the statements. That's the press that just came out regarding Alex's death. So, I mean, the takeaways, well, one of them, she tells the police that uh, in, in the story she's spinning about how Alex was, you know, short of breath all these days and he went mm-hmm. to Altadona's for medication and then their grandchildren came over. Yeah. Uh, her kids didn't even know they were married. Right. Yeah. Their grandchildren. Yeah. And Alex was playing with them. Sorry if I have a hard time buying that one, but that doesn't seem to be the relationship that Alex had with her kids at all. No, they they all said they didn't really know him. They also didn't know that he was actually married to their mother. I mean, there's a lot of real sketchy stuff in this story. Yeah, totally. And just the, the lying to the police about Lori. Mm-hmm. And, and and okay, so why lie? Why lie in that moment about your relationship with Lori? This is before Lori has been charged. This is before we know the kids are dead. This is before anything. So you know who knew something? She did. Mm-hmm. Because why lie? If this all came out after all of that had happened, I could kind of see why you're like, look, I don't know that Lori dude. I, you know, I don't want anything to do with this. But before all of that, right. She was protecting Lori and Chad. Why? She was. Why? What did she know that she was lying about knowing them or knowing them very well or having contact information for them? Mm -hmm. Because at this point, we know from the evidence presented at Chad's preliminary hearing that the FBI has all kinds of um, GPS data from Alex's cell phone. That mm-hmm. is how they figured out where the kids were and when they died. Yeah. So he was very much there mm-hmm. and a part of what went on there. And obviously he'll never be tried for it, but they've already represent, you know, they've already presented all of that in the preliminary hearing. Mm-hmm. So what did she know? Why yeah. was she covering then? Yeah. Like it's very telling to me. Yeah. The, the, well, the timing of it is very telling. Yeah. And now, of course, we do know that she has an immunity agreement. Yes, she has a use agreement. Last week, of course, you know, like we said in the uh, attempt to overthrow the king, uh, <laughs> that Zulima has a use agreement. Now, they we weren't clear. They weren't clear. Uh, in what we heard last week, whether this uh, immunity agreement is with the Idaho uh, law enforcement or if this is with Arizona. Right. We don't know know that. Or if it's both. Yeah. We don't know that. So the big questions emerge. Does she know what happened to Tammy? Mm -hmm. Did she know what happened to the kids? Does she know who shot at Brandon Boudreaux? Right. Does she truly know how Alex died. Right. What does she know? As we understand it, she's done um, a pretty significant amount of time talking to the Chandler police. Mm-hmm. Uh, and see, so what a use immunity is. Use immunity means that anything that she tells the police cannot be used against her in court. She can't be charged for anything that she said. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean she can't be charged in this in any of these cases, though, because if they come up with evidence that comes from another source that isn't her, she mm-hmm. could still face charges. Yeah. 
And, you know, she lawyered up very early in this situation and has been very silent when other players have not. Right. And everyone else is on Dateline and, you know. And you haven't seen her anywhere. It's why we haven't covered her is because it's very hard to know anything about her. She's revealed so little. And, And it does very much seem as though she knew some things even clear back then. On November 12th of 2019, she was already being evasive with the police when the rest of the world had no idea those kids were dead. Mm-hmm. And lawyered up after a brief yeah. conversation with the police, lawyered up. Right. So we don't know. We don't know. We're, I'm sure this is going to get very interesting, you know, mm-hmm. with court. Uh, I When we finally get to hear from Zulima, I know we'll all be listening with bated breath to hear what she actually does know and, and who she's implicating. Yeah, mm-hmm. most definitely, because clearly there's some she's given some actually useful information mm-hmm. where very few have at this point or that we know of have. Yeah. Yep. Pretty interesting. So there you have it. That's our deep dive on Zulima and all of the information that we have regarding her and Alex's death up to this point. Alex, by the way, his death was ruled uh a natural death from a pulmonary embolism. Yes. And, you know, lots of people are still very suspicious that, uh, you know, he had to have been poisoned or something, or, you know, killed in some way because. Uh, well, he died a very similar way to Tammy. Mm-hmm. Seems yeah. like a strange coincidence considering. And, and Joseph. Uh, and Joe Ryan. Yeah, Joe Ryan. So, you know, you can draw your own conclusions there. There's been lots of, uh, conversation about it and speculation about it but that's what we know yep that is so all righty well we'll be back wednesday night with the case update show and thursday night for the psychic update show so stay tuned there's still so much more to come of course um this week so that's what we've got tonight thanks so much for being here guys you are listening to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters take care bye guys If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.